Happy Wednesday, people. Happy Wednesday. All right, let's get into it. All right, how let's are go. you? Well, I always have to ask you how you are, but the answer is always the same. I'm good. I'm great. How's that? That's I'm doing. I'm doing fantastic. Ooh, can you turn off your slack? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, we're so low budget. You got slacks going on. Wait, do you have the baby monitor? I do. Okay. So at any given point in time, there could be a screen. Yeah, well, you know. Um, this podcast may be 10 minutes. We don't know. It's very possible. Um, what's your pet peeve this week? It is about, much like so many of my other pet peeves, oh, it's about situational awareness. So imagine <laughs> you are... The first in line driving your vehicle, you are approaching an intersection, and the intersection has a lane that goes straight, a lane that goes left, and a little lane that you can just take a right on red. You're okay. the first car in line. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you approach the red light, uh-huh. and there's like a car right behind you with a blinker on who you know wants to go right. Like, what would you do? <laughs> I'll just ask you a question. <laughs> I feel like this is a trap. <laughs> well, Mark, as someone who's been behind people like that, I think that you are giving people too much like responsibility. I'm, about I'm, I'm asking you, awareness. as Ashley Mitchell, you're the first in line. What would you do? Okay. <sighs> Obviously, the person who needs to turn right, I want them to be able to turn right and not have to wait for me to go straight in order for them to turn right. However. No, no, no. There's no, there's no. I mean, there is a however. Okay, go ahead. Because not everyone is paying attention to all the cars around them. And we know that Massachusetts drivers are some of the worst drivers in the world. And so not everybody even uses a blinker, including you, to to signal where they want to go and when. See, but now you've just like created a whole excuse (laughs) arc. For the okay, people, the well, real issue. I'm sorry. Right? Is Don't ask me. You you actually answer the question, which is if if you approach the line and and like if you're as far up as you can possibly go, yeah, then peace, right? There's there's nothing more you can do. But the situations that I'm talking about, two over the past week, okay. like the person was 10, 15 feet away from the stop line. Okay. Why were they so far away from the stop line? Exactly. The question. <laughs> and of course, I am the first in line trying to turn right and like in my nice way i will edge forward just a little bit to let them know that i'm here yeah yeah but the person is so aloof (sighs) and unaware maybe on their phone i don't know maybe playing with belly button lint who knows (laughs) that they don't move Mm -hmm. and i just think that is rude and it's a proxy for the world as we know it because people don't look around them and understand the context of their actions in a, wa- in a wider context. So, anyway, that's mine. Okay, love it. I, uh, my thought was, we are as pet peevers very consistent. Yes, like we the are. Things that yes. I mean, <laughs> week to week, we have these things that got on our nerves. But it's usually around the same topics, and it's usually how other people are ruining our experience (laughs) of being human. It's like if we were on Earth with a select group of people that, of course, we selected, then everything would be great. (laughs) The gym would be great. Driving would be great. All would be well. This is true. 
Yeah, we're, I but mean, we're I, those people. But I do think that's the learning, which is like, just just lean into the greater humanity, understand your role in that humanity, and the fact that what you do has ripple effects to all people around you, sometimes big, sometimes small, but they do. The end. Okay, well, mine is that, um, so, <sighs> I probably shouldn't tell this story, but I... <sighs> Should I go get a drink? No, you shouldn't go get a drink. But I was just thinking, like, no one in my family listens to literally anything I say or do, including this podcast. So it's probably fine. Um, This weekend, this past weekend, my mom and stepdad visited. And um, Zion was very sick this weekend. He has an ear infection. And we think he also had, um, you know, a bout with norovirus and um, I had to work a lot this weekend, so I, I wasn't, you know, I was kind of in and out. Um, Zion throws up on the kitchen floor. Mark goes to clean it up. Uh, my mom, being the person that she is, she would not be invited to our personal earth situation that we're building. Um, she thinks that Mark cleaning up the remainder of the throw up with Lysol wipes on our cheap ass fake ass wood kitchen floor which listen if I were here that's exactly what I would have done because it's not that deep and I would have told her to fuck off but you that's not your mom right so she thought that what Mark was doing was not good enough she proceeds to bust out a mop um and then as she's trying to like empty (laughs) Stop laughing. You're going to make me laugh. As she's trying to, this is now I'm telling the story. I was not here, right? I'm telling the story how I was told the story. As she goes to like ring out the mop in the toilet, like a ring from the mop goes into the toilet. No one was able to retrieve it. So then on Sunday, when my stepdad goes to take a shit, his, his shit and the ring are now stuck in the toilet and no one can fix it. So these motherfuckers went back to New Jersey and left us with a clogged toilet. And so my pet peeve is... <laughs> my pet peeve is... You don't... You don't always have the right answer. You don't always know best. When you were going into someone else's home, they know what they're doing, right? This goes back to my pet peeve about unsolicited advice in general. It's like, if Mark wants to clean it up with a Lysol wipe, that's his prerogative. It's He's the king of this castle. This is his child. You are a guest. Mind your business. If he needed help, he probably would ask me, not you. So, like, in any iteration, mind your business, right? Be available to help, but don't impose your will because now, like, it's it's very indicative of how things always go. My mom is a little bit of a bull in a china shop with, like, how she, like, her, her energy is, like, a little bit erratic in this house. Whenever, whenever somebody may or may not need help, it's like, if I try to change Zion's diaper and he's wiggling away, she's like, oh, oh, my God, uh, Somebody make a noise. Uh, distract him. Uh, grab. It's like, please, he's fine. He's fine. Please calm down. Please, nobody asked you. I didn't need help. Your energy is freaking everybody out. 
So if anyone who actually knows my family is listening, please don't tell. <laughs> please don't tell them that I talked about my stepdad's poop and my mom not being able to follow directions because it's an argument that I really don't want to have, but I feel like I need to share because it really got on my nerves. Well, there you go. <laughs> you are I'm crying. <laughs> I know. you're. <laughs> um, you are going to have to start to uh you're gonna have to start to speak up a little bit more because it's not like you know we're dating and you're just trying to like walk on eggshells like especially when we're home you know we have a way that we do things we have a child we want to have more children and so like this is this isn't going to go away right it's just going to escalate if you don't nip it totally fair because i'm I'm a little on the aggressive side, and she just thinks that I'm picking with her. So, you know, she'll take you more seriously than she takes me. I got you. Okay. Well, now that that is settled and everybody knows everything. Okay. So, ready? Um, we There's a couple of reasons for this podcast today. One of them, I did a um, diversity equity and inclusion training with the 200-hour teacher training students this past weekend um, at Down Under, of course. And, you know, we definitely talked about privilege, and I um, made sure they used Peggy McIntosh's Unpacking the Invisible Knapsack as their, um, as one of their resources um, for how to think about privilege, since most of the time, folks think about it as a financial situation. Um, you know, like I will hear a lot of a lot of times, uh, you know, I grew up poor, or I grew up with nothing, or you know, my grandparents came to this country with nothing, or I've worked for everything I have, like those sorts of things. And it's like, yep, totally get it. And privilege is not just how much money you have or, you know, how much property you have or anything like that. That's part of it. But that is not the only thing that we're thinking about when we talk about privilege. Um, And then also tying a little bit into our last two episodes about disrupting your inner narrative um, and being a better human to other humans, which has to do with, one, your inner narrative, and (laughs) two, how bias comes into play. And... Season two, episode four of this podcast on shame, guilt, and discomfort. And so we just wanted to have a conversation around sort of what all of these things mean, how to move through them, right? And of course, we're always in process. We're always learning and unlearning and evolving our thinking, which is why we revisit these topics, especially this season that was a part of our goal to revisit things that we talked about in 2020 to, um, you know, sort of think about them in perhaps a new lens or with, with growth behind it. So yeah, I mean, I'm going to shut up. No, I I was just going to agree. And, you know, no pun intended. I think the, the issue with privilege is it's, it's, it's not black and white right there, Uh you know, but, but that is, that is how people like to think about it. Right. And then they, they banter around, um, well, there's black privilege, you know, as well as white privilege. And like, 
Like, yeah, 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 like yeah. Whatever, right? You're, you're, miss, you're missing the point, people. Yeah, I think people, you know, start to, that's where the, the shame and the guilt and the, you know, being a little bit of a crybaby about it. It's just like when you are, when you are faced with an uncomfortable truth, if your reaction is immediately, yeah, well, then there's a problem. Like you haven't, you haven't perhaps uh, taken it in. Yep. What does this mean? Is this even for me? What parts of it are for me? What source is it coming from? Right. There's a lot of questions. We talk a lot about curiosity on this podcast and asking questions um, and not necessarily agreeing with each other, right? Right, right? But asking the question and, you know, for me, especially as I continue in this consulting journey, for me, it's like that part of it that, you know, those are the crybabies in my opinion. It's like my, my job is to hold space for you and your um, whatever happens in the room Right. But my job is not to center your comfort. Mm -hmm. And those are two different things. And I think that people want me to center their comfort, even though they're not using those words. Yep. And I'm like, absolutely not, especially because for for white people, we always center white comfort. We always defer to white tears and making things palatable for white people and just making sure making sure that the white people are okay because there is this fear that if we don't take care of the white people, then they may not hear us, they may not take us seriously, and therefore we're not getting to the progress that we so desperately need and want. Right, and, and one other thing, right? I, I think the, you know, the insidious part is in many cases, the white people that we're talking about are also the ones in power. So if you piss them off too much, yes, right, thank you. that comes back to me. Yeah. And especially if you are, you know, depending on your situation, right? So some folks, you know, the I guess the level of retaliation is going to feel different depending on the situation, your job, whatever, 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 right? Right. For me, I have less qualms about making waves because I feel very confident that, one, the retaliation, there won't be any retaliation, there might be a conversation. There might even be an argument. But I have no fear of being fired for speaking my truth. Right. Especially because I'm always, always, always speaking to people with the utmost respect and humanity. Um, and also, you and I have had this conversation a million times since I've, you know, basically quit Barry's. That, like, if it were to happen, if shit were to hit the fan... We'd be all right. Yeah. We would figure it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so without that fear, it changes the way I move about the world. And it does make me feel, and I talked about this like two episodes ago, it does make me feel a little bit responsible for using my voice for people who may not have as much power or privilege or influence as I do. And so I do feel like I can say, <laughs> you're here to listen. We're here to have a conversation, and I'm not going to center your comfort. And if you don't like it, that's tough shit. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, the interesting thing 
um, there's many interesting things in what you just said, but one of the interesting things in what you just said is, uh, you know, I was reading an article um, around this, you know, whole woke narrative. And, you know, in the article, again, right, one of the, the, um, the people that's been interviewed that was white mm-hmm. was like, look, this is, this is the repercussions of, you know, the racial reckoning that took place, right? Like black America came so hard at our culture that the, the counter pressure is we're going to go against anything that's woke. So, so basically you're getting what you put in <laughs> now, but the, that's yeah, interesting, right? So, yeah. but, but the real, the real issue is maybe that's true. Maybe that's not true. But, but the reality is what that uncovered is how much shit existed in this culture that no one wanted to talk about. Everyone was too uncomfortable to actually deal with the moments mm-hmm. until it built to this pressure where both sides exploded. I would also say that more than just uh, the comfort aspect of it, there was, you know, kind of like no one... No one felt it, not no one. Okay, I'm, I'm right, right, being a little hyperbolic. But many people didn't feel the need to poke the bear, so to speak. And I, and in my short little lifetime, and I'm saying short both because I am literally young, but also my awareness of racism and discrimination has changed materially as... I mean, you know, as I became an adult and things like that, but especially since moving to Massachusetts, fake-ass, liberal-ass Massachusetts, um, you know, it's it's just um, I'm realizing that the more progress happens, the more people fight back. Right. So I don't know oh, if yeah. it's if it's like people are using woke culture because that's sort of become this buzzword. But what it is, is that folks feel threatened by black progress, by, you know, like uh, trans people living oh, well, their lives. Prog- out progress in, public. in general. Progress from those who have been historically marginalized or oppressed, when we are able to live our lives, when we are able to, you know, be ourselves and excel in things the way we should be, right? But when when too many of us start to break through, then there starts to be a problem. It's like you can only have Oprah and Obama and everybody else, you know, needs to like go back into their into their hole. We don't, we, we love the outliers, but we don't want too many people becoming successful because it ruins the narrative of white supremacy and fake race science. Wow. That you're, wow. That was, thank you. that was I don't know. totally on I'm, point. This is fine. I'm like, yeah, no, that, I'm not angry, but I'm passionate. No, but that's, but that was very, I wish, I wish like. I do wish people would listen to the podcast that aren't necessarily just our followers, because I think there's so much um, truth in, you know, in your narrative. Right. I mean, the, in, in the points that you make that are that aren't bound in just anger, but like actually in progress. And then, you know, the other thing that I always find fascinating and this ties to your curiosity point is like 
progress for some people are the way things used to be. So just think about that paradox for me. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, like moving forward is actually defined by moving backward. Yes. And how fucked up is that? Yes. Right? Versus, like, let's truly look at how to elevate humanity. Let's look at how do we protect this earth so it's still around for years to come. How do we actually, for once, solve for the equality issue beyond, you know, skin color and actually start to to figure out, like, what what are the driving factors around access to education, access to jobs, pay inequity? Like, like no one wants to be curious about that because it's too easy to just look at skin color, to just look at like, you know, sexual uh, gender, orientation, right? gender like, presentation, all that kind of stuff. I, you know, for the life of me, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, I wish I could understand why we've been socialized to believe that there is not enough room for everyone. You know? Well, it's it, yeah. I, I, sorry, go ahead. I mean, so I I can understand in a historical context because I do think that in certain points in our history, you know, the relationship to abundance was different, right, than it is in 2023. Um, And it's wild to me how much we have not evolved, right? There's uh, There's that saying that, you know, like life is not pie, you know, yeah. you're, if someone takes a slice of pie, it, it's, it's not gone forever, right? There's plenty. Um, and that's kind of the part that I, I don't understand. It's like, what, what are people afraid of when there's a black president or a black vice president or black executives or trans executives or trans lawmakers or non-binary teachers or books about gay people on a shelf for kindergarten like I just I don't understand what we're afraid of because we have shown this is the hypocrisy of it we have shown that we do not give a fuck about human life because if we did the social safety nets in this country, the education system in this country, the healthcare system, the housing system, transportation, the environment, all of it would be completely different. Completely different. And and we've shown that like that's actually not what we're interested in, right? right? We're we're using we're using people as scapegoats for some other i don't even know some other like yeah no narrative some other narrative of hatred i don't even know like what you could call it but like this is we're using sorry we're using the issues as the scapegoat right for our hatred of other people and other identities and when i say other i mean non-white right we're talking about cis het all that shit yeah i mean i think you know going back to your original point right Somewhere along the line, as a general culture, and I can't even say that anymore because if you look at the numbers, quite frankly, I think more people believe in progress the way we would define it than not. Like like the numbers actually favor our opinion. The problem is because of gerrymandering and everything else, the numbers don't fucking matter. So so there there are communities that still believe in a zero-sum game. 
mm-hmm. where it is Im- it, there isn't enough pie to go around. Yeah. Right. There's only so much money. You can't print it, even though the government, you know, <laughs> can print on demand. You can't print more money. You can't. Pr- you know, can't just make more land. So it is finite. And if if I don't have, it's because someone else does. And it's really easy. And it's because, hold on, add to that, it's because someone else who is less deserving yes. has and maybe even took That's away exactly right. from me. That is, that is exactly right. And, and it's far too easy to you know, use as a filter sexual orientation, gender, race, versus like what is actually true which is everything we've always said which is kind of the power structures why isn't it why is it that you know uh, there's a group of white americans who because they're born you know in particular regions of this country and are poor they don't necessarily look at other white americans that were born affluent as the enemy right they don't even (laughs) though it's so silly oh my gosh it's i mean that's that's part of the lore of Trump, right? Is that he he sort of like tried to I mean and and successfully and he's not the only one, but he was able to sort of paint a picture of like the erasure of like class and status for like a united white Republican situation. It's like we're all the same here. Right. We're all looking for the same things, right? We all want our traditional family, good old American values. And it's like it couldn't be further from the truth. And it's so sad when you see people, and this has happened throughout time, right? When you see people vote against their own interests because their hatred and their bias yes. runs so, so deep. deep. Yeah. yeah. It's also very interesting to me. It's like... <laughs> This is me being snarky, but like, <laughs> you know, of of since Christopher Columbus's busted ass got here and started fucking stuff up. Right. It's like, OK, white men, you've had control for how long and you still haven't done it right. Stupid. Yes. Yes. Stupid. Stupid. Yes. Like exactly. Like that's why <laughs> they're so mad because their plan is not working. <laughs> Because we keep rising up and making space for ourselves and space for other people. And it's just making them mad that everything they've been trying to do for literally hundreds of years is not working. And so we're seeing all of these hateful, hurtful tactics because because their, their vision continues to crumble. And we have to keep, we have to keep fighting with everything we have because we've we've seen like where the cracks are but they're they're pushing back it's real yeah it is real it absolutely is real and you know i I also i also think it is it is um how do i how do i express this i mean i I think you know the the fallacy of you know especially in america right you know if you're willing to work hard you know anything is accessible to you and and i think the thing Mm -hmm. that is missing is the the top tier of what is available to some individuals is just different than the top tier that is available to other individuals. So yes, if everyone works really hard, 
they can elevate themselves to the best version of themselves. It's almost like a ca- it's a caste it's, system. Yeah, exa- right? exactly right. But they'll they they in many cases they can never completely get right. regardless right. of how hard they work. You do have the outliers of an Oprah and Obama, but they're outliers. Right. Right. I I mean it's but like we've we've created that too, right? We've created the conditions where, you know, there are folks who outwork the both of us in terms of number of hours spent per week at a job and we'll still never have what we have that's exactly that's the like that is the problem it's not about how hard you're working it's about like how hard the system is pushing back against you depending on who you are what you look like where you live bingo and i think that's that is the thing that somehow People like people's ego is just they're just it's it's fucked up. Right. For so many reasons. But but like all of us, all of us have a level of privilege that is different than other people. Yeah. At at different levels. And I think that's that's the only thing that would say. And if you start to kind of plot that on a graph, what you would start to see if like if the multiple millions, billions of people that are um, in the world and you plotted this, you would start to see a congruence of, oh, look at this, right? These people are all of the same race. These people are all in the same class, right? And you would see the disparity form. That's what would mathematically happen. But we can't look at the facts, right? It's, it's, it's far too easy to kind of just lean in on all these other reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I really recommend for folks, if you have not, I will link it in the show notes. If you have not read Peggy McIntosh's uh, Unpacking the Invisible Knapsack, I highly recommend that you read it. And I wonder, we've talked about bias before and things like that, but I wonder if we start with privilege, if we start with our unearned advantages, I don't know, maybe see what that brings up, what that looks like, um, how that might change your view of how maybe you do your activism work in your community or, or your advocate work in your community. Um, I don't know. It would just be like a, a good experiment. Um, so I'm going to recommend you check that out. I feel like this is a great place to end the episode. Otherwise, we'll be here for an hour. So I'm going to say, again, Look into unpacking the invisible knapsack and I'll put it in the show notes. And also just, you know, if there are other resources that you like around privilege and and things like that and the myth of picking yourself up by your bootstraps and, and that sort of thing, you know, systemic inequality and how privilege plays a part in that. I think that's great homework for us, for all of us, myself and Mark included, because there's always more to uncover and unlearn. Yeah, and, and I also think, because when I first read that, you recommended it to me, like I was blown away, because that was written... A, a, in the 80s, right? right? In the a 80s, fairly 90s, long time ago, like and everything yeah. is still applicable. 70s, the think. other thing I thought was pretty powerful, and I suspect most of our listeners have either taken it or heard of it, is you know Harvard's implicit association test. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That was eye-opening for me. Go to... you. I'll put it in the show notes as well, but if you're like Googling, um, you can go to... Just Google like Harvard implicit bias test. Yeah, IAT I think is what it's yeah. called. So, well, everyone, 
It was wonderful to talk to you again. Um, we have some guests that are going to be popping yes. in at some point. So be on the lookout for that in the next month or so. And we'll talk to you soon. Mark, anything else? Have a great week and please be situationally aware. <laughs> Love you and all. And don't Goodbye. clog any toilets. Okay, bye. <laughs>